the following conspiracy theories do not reflect that of the mindset of the Aftermath or writing staff. Stories are run on a cycle on the news to where we almost become sick of them. Crimes and mysteries oftentimes end up never getting answered. Did the family get justice for their loved one? Was the accused even guilty? Welcome to the Aftermath, where we try to answer some of the mysteries we forgot about due to life smacking us in the face with more happenings. Forgotten Story The John F. Kennedy Assassination on November 11, 1963, President Kennedy laid a Veterans Day wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier in Arlington National Cemetery. He would be buried at the exact same cemetery two weeks later. Friday, November 22, 1963, at 12.30 p.m. It was a day that would change America forever. It was the day that the 35th President of the United States, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, was assassinated in Dealey Plaza. In Kennedy's open top, 1961 Lincoln Continental four-door convertible limousine as it entered Dealey Plaza at 12.30 p.m. First Lady of Texas turned to Kennedy, who was sitting behind her, and commented, Mr. President, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you. Kennedy's reply, no, you certainly can't. Those were his last words. From Houston Street, the limousine made the planned left turn onto Elm to provide access to the Stemmons Freeway exit. As it turned, it passed the Texas School Book Depository. As it continued down Elm Street, shots were fired. About 80% of the witnesses recalled hearing three shots. A Menliker, Carsano, rifle, and three shell casings were also found near an open window on the Book Depository, 6th floor. Shortly after Kennedy began waving, a few witnesses recognized the first gunshot for what it was, but there was little reaction from most in the crowd or those riding in the motorcade. Many later said they imagined what they heard was a firecracker or a vehicle backfiring. The Warren Commission, based on the Zapruder film, found that the limousine had traveled an average speed of 11.2 miles per hour over the 186 foot of Elm Street immediately preceding the fatal headshot. Texas School Book Depository employee Bonnie Ray Williams testified that he recognized Oswald as someone whom he'd seen on the sixth floor twice before the assassination took place. Within one second of each other, Governor Conley and Miss Kennedy turned abruptly from looking to their left to looking to their right, beginning in the Zapruder film frame 162. Conley, like Kennedy, was a World War II military veteran and a longtime hunter. He testified that he immediately recognized the sound as that of a high-powered rifle and turned his head and torso rightward to see Kennedy behind him. He testified he could not see Kennedy, so he then started to turn forward again and he was hit in his upper right back by a bullet that he did not hear fired. The doctor who operated on Conley estimated that his head at the time was hit at a 27 degree left of center and Connolly was hit. He shouted, oh no, oh no, no, my God, they're going to kill us. Miss Conley testified that just after hearing a loud, frightening voice that came from somewhere behind her and to her right, she turned towards Kennedy and saw him raise up his arms and elbows with his hands in front of his face and throat. She then heard another shot and then Governor Conley yelling. 
Mrs. Conley turned away from Kennedy towards her husband, at which point another gunshot sounded, and both she and the limousine's interior were covered with fragments of skull, blood, and brain. The car sped off to Parkland Memorial Hospital, just a few minutes away, but little could be done for the president. A Catholic priest was summoned to administer the last rites, and at 1 p.m., John F. Kennedy was pronounced dead. America had no president with Kennedy's death. America turned Lyndon Baines Johnson. He took the presidential oath of office aboard Air Force One as it sat on the runway at Dallas Love Field Airport. The swearing-in was witnessed by some 30 people, including Jacqueline Kennedy, who was still wearing the clothes stained with her husband's blood. Jackie Kennedy refused to take off the pink Chanel suit because, and as she told Lady Bird Johnson, I want them to see what they've done to Jack. Jackie's suit has never been cleaned and lies in the National Archives. It will not be seen by the public until 2103, according to Kennedy family wishes. Jackie did, however, remove her wedding ring and put it on her husband's finger to be buried with him. Later, she had an aide retrieve it. Seven minutes later, the presidential jet took off for Washington. The Secret Service scuffled with the Dallas police before seizing control of the president's casket. The president's body was brought to Love Field and placed on Air Force One. A grim-faced Lyndon B. Johnson stood in the tight, crowded compartment and took the oath of office administered by U.S. District Court Judge Sarah Hughes. The brief ceremony took place at 2.38 p.m. Kennedy's assassination was the first assassination since the Secret Service began protecting all presidents. The next day, November 23rd, President Johnson issues his first proclamation, declaring November 25th to be a day of national mourning for the slain president. On that Monday, hundreds of thousands of people lined the streets of Washington to watch a horse-drawn carriage bear Kennedy's body from the Capitol Rotunda to St. Matthew's Catholic Cathedral for a requiem mass. The solemn procession then continued on to Arlington National Cemetery, where leaders of 99 nations gathered for the state funeral. Kennedy was buried with full military honors on a slope below Arlington's house, where an eternal flame was lit by his widow to forever mark the grave. Lee Harvey Oswald, born in New Orleans in 1939, joined the U.S. Marines in 1956. He was discharged in 1959 and nine days later left for the Soviet Union where he tried unsuccessfully to become a citizen. He worked in Minsk and married a Soviet woman and in 1962 was allowed to return to the United States with his wife and infant daughter. In early 1963 he bought a 38 revolver and rifle with a telescopic sight by mail order, and on April 10th in Dallas, he shot and missed former U.S. Army General Edwin Walker, a figure known for his extreme right-wing views. Later that month, Oswald went to New Orleans and founded a branch of the Fair Play for Cuba Committee, a pro-Castro organization. In September 1963, he went to Mexico City, where investigators alleged that he attempted to secure a visa to travel to Cuba and return to the USSR. In October, he returned to Dallas and took a job at the Texas School Book Depository Building. Less than an hour after Kennedy was shot, Oswald killed a policeman who questioned him on the street near his rooming house in Dallas. Thirty minutes later, Oswald was arrested in a movie theater by police responding to reports of a suspect. He was formally arraigned on November 23rd for the murders of President Kennedy and Officer J.D. Tippett. At the time, assassination of a president was not a federal offense. Oswald would have been tried in Texas. 
The alleged murder weapon was a 6.55 millimeter Italian carbine rifle that Oswald had bought for $19.95. On November 24th, Oswald was brought to the basement of the Dallas Police Headquarters on his way to a more secure county jail. A crowd of police and press with live television cameras rolling gathered to witness his departure. As Oswald came into the room, Jack Ruby emerged from the crowd and fatally wounded him with a single shot from a concealed 38 revolver. Ruby, who was immediately detained, claimed that rage at Kennedy's murder was his motive for the action. Some called him a hero, but he was nonetheless charged with first-degree murder. Oswald's murder by Jack Ruby on November 24th was the first homicide ever caught on live television. Police detective at the shooting called out, Jack, you son of a bitch. When wrestled to the ground by police, Ruby cried out, I'm Jack Ruby. You all know me. Oswald died at the same hospital as Kennedy, two days and seven minutes after the president. Jackie Kennedy modeled her husband's funeral ceremonies after Abraham Lincoln's. With the help of Bobby Kennedy and Robert McNamara, Jackie chose the burial site at Arlington National Cemetery. Jackie requested an eternal flame to be put by the grave. A taxi driver reported that the funeral crowds were oddly quiet. You could hear a pen drop. In 1992, with the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act, Congress ordered all assassination-related material to be housed together under supervision of the National Archives and Records Administration and ordered that the material be released to the public 25 years later. In 2017, the National Archives released 2,800 documents. The collection includes 5 million copies of photographs, records, videos, sound recordings, and artifacts. It takes up approximately 2,000 cubic feet. Before the release, 88% of the files had already been available to the public since the 1990s, according to the National Archives. Some of the quote-unquote out-there conspiracy theories. The it-was-an-accident theory. Current conspiracy theorists believe that Oswald fired on JFK and a Secret Service agent fired back with a Colt AR-15 high-velocity rifle. As the theory goes, the officer lost his balance when the car suddenly braked, and he accidentally discharged his weapon, killing the U.S. president. There were no eyewitnesses or evidence to back up this theory, however. None of the Secret Service agents or presidential aides reported a bullet whizzing past either. Number 9. Umbrella Man Did It Some pinned JFK's murder on a man standing under a black umbrella on November 22, 1963, by all accounts, a sunny day. It must have been a signal, if not a murder weapon. The theory is so popular, Oliver Stone talked about it in the JFK movie, and he appears in Umbrella Academy. Unfortunately, Umbrella Man, Louis Stephen Witt, said it was a protest at the appeasement policies of Joseph P. Kennedy when he was ambassador to the court of St. James, a reference to the British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain's umbrella and appeasement of Hitler and the Nazis. The Coca-Cola Theory, a.k.a. Conspiracy of the One Theory. Shooter Lee Harvey Oswald was a Dr. Pepper fan, and we know that as a fact because even Oswald's favorite beverage is a part of the intrigue. In Conspiracy of One, 1990, author Jim Moore sets out a theory that Oswald acted alone because after the assassination, Oswald was seen in the Texas School Book Depository drinking Coca-Cola instead of his beloved Dr. Pepper. Moore believes there can only be one realistic explanation. Oswald must have shot the president and chose the wrong soft drink from the vending machine because he was nervous. Conspiracy 
theory. Woody Harrelson's dad was supposedly involved. Was Texas-born Charles Harrison father of Cheers and natural-born killer fame? Woody Harrelson really the killer? A man on the grassy knoll claims Harrelson Sr. was one of the two gunmen and that he was later arrested dressed as a tramp in Dealey Plaza. Dallas police eventually named three other men as the tramps in 1968. Harrelson Sr. was convicted of murdering a businessman in a contract hit in South Texas, however. The Better Call Saul Theory in appointment in Dallas, police officer Hugh McDonald blames the Soviets for contracting Saul, a rogue CIA agent and assassin, to kill JFK. Apparently, McDonald freelanced for the CIA and met Saul at the agency's headquarters. He later tracked down Saul to obtain a confession, but not, it appears, an arrest warrant. Saul apparently shot JFK from a building across the street from Oswald's perch in the Texas School Book Depository. If true, Saul did conspire with Oswald, or did the two men just happen to assassinate the same president at the same time? The Black Dog Man Theory In the killing of a president, Robert Groden argues that the Black Dog Man figure can be seen in the Pyracantha Bush in frame 413 of the Zapruder film. The problem with that theory is that the House Select Committee of Assassinations concluded that an individual was in front of the bushes, not behind them. Bill Miller argues that the man is actually the groundskeeper Emmett Hudson. No one ruled out the black dog theory yet. Oswald's Mexican Trip Theory Oswald's visit to Mexico before Kennedy's death may have been to finalize assassination plans and plot his escape. Oswald visited the Cuban and Russian embassies on a six-day trip. Three of those days may have been spent with pro-Castro groups, seemingly confirmed by journalist Oscar Contreras. The conversation, however, believes that journalists lived far away at the time, however, and wasn't in a position to know who Oswald was with. The Illuminati are to blame conspiracy. As the conspiracy theory goes, JFK delegated presidential power to issue silver certificates to the Treasury, which threatened the power of the controlled Federal Reserve. In fact, Kennedy signed an executive order to do the opposite, intending to phase out silver certificates in favor of Federal Reserve notes. But why ruin a good conspiracy theory with facts? And perhaps the greatest theory ever. Aliens organized the hit. Milton William Cooper, a former U.S. radio personality, author, gun rights advocate, spread the news about Project Luna, a secret alien base on the dark side of the moon. Furthermore, he promoted the conspiracy theory that JFK was assassinated by a gas pressure device that aliens supplied to the driver of the presidential limo because JFK was about to expose a Washington alien connection. And now, more down-to-earth theories. Theory 1. LBJ had it done. It's primarily based on statements made by Madeline Brown, who was described as Crackpot Brown, who died in 2002. She claimed to have had an affair with Johnson. She also claimed that LBJ had attended a party with ex-Vice President Richard Nixon, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, and others the night before the attack. According to some, Brown said LBJ whispered into her ear, After tomorrow, those Kennedys will never embarrass me again. That's no threat. That's a promise. A lot of Texans didn't like Johnson. They thought he was a crook. So as a result, they started creating a fiction of the assassination theory where he wanted Kennedy out so he could be president. According to some, no evidence
evidence for this theory has ever been found. Number two, the military-industrial complex did it. The claim is Kennedy is going to pull the American troops out of Vietnam, creating an end to Vietnam, taking money from some higher pockets. He talked about trying to resolve the situation, but he never made a claim that he was going to pull them out. Number three, the mob did it. The idea is that either Chicago mob, Miami mob, or New Orleans mob put the hit out. But again, that's all hearsay. Number four, Oswald acted alone as part of an unknown conspiracy. It's possible there were individuals who helped Oswald, but who weren't part of any larger group or perhaps unaware of what he was planning. Remember, John Wilkes Booth shot Lincoln and four were hung including the first woman to ever be hung by the federal government, Mary Surratt. 5. The CIA did it. Supposedly, Kennedy was fed up with shenanigans that the CIA was pulling. He found out the CIA was trying to kill Cuban leader Fidel Castro, which was a fact. So the argument is that the CIA felt that Kennedy was going to disband them. And as a result, they were the ones that ordered the killing of Kennedy. Some point out that the former head of the CIA, Alan Dulles, was a member of the Warren Commission, the special Johnson-appointed panel tasked with official investigation of the assassination. The commission determined Oswald acted alone. 6. Oswald was a supporter of Soviet-backed Cuba. We know Oswald was in the Russian embassy in Mexico City. We even know he t who he talked to, but we don't know what was said. A few weeks later, he shoots Kennedy. It may have been something they overheard involving him and the Russians. Or maybe the CIA had Oswald on the payroll. He might have been a double agent. 7. Is it possible that the Russians ordered Oswald to do it? Not very likely, said conspiracy journalist Dave Perry. The Russians would never have ordered Oswald to kill Kennedy because of his well-known links to Russia and his pro-Cuban sympathies. Russia's leaders knew they would have been the first suspects if they'd engineered an assassination by Oswald. It would have been an act of war, which could have triggered a nuclear attack. We need to know what happened in Mexico City, Perry said. The answer, he said, may be contained in still classified CIA documents. The U.S. National Archives currently holds a number of unreleased CIA documents related to the assassination. Those papers are scheduled to be made public in 2017. As part of the 1992 Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act, CIA has followed the provisions of the JFK Assassination Records Collection Act, and the National Archives has all of the agency's documents and files on the Kennedy assassination, said CIA spokesman Edward Price. The classified information was contained in files remains subject to the declassification provisions of the act. So either we already know the truth, Oswald acted alone, or worst case scenario, we may never know the whole truth, prompting one or more questions surrounding the killing of JFK. Would America be okay with that? Lesser known facts. TV networks suspended shows for four days. NBC News Bureau covers the assassination of Kennedy. On November 22, 1963, at 12.40 p.m. Central Standard Time, just 10 minutes after President Kennedy was shot, CBS broadcast the first nationwide TV news bulletin on the shooting. After that, all three networks, CBS, NBC, and ABC, interrupted their regular programming to cover the assassination for four straight days. The JFK assassination was the longest uninterrupted news event on television until the coverage of September 11th attacks in 2001. It led to the first and only time a woman swore in a president. In 1979, U.S. House Committee inquiry found Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy and that there was high probability a second gunman as well as Oswald fired at the president. The committee did not believe the Soviet government 
1979 U.S. House Committee inquiry found Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy, and that there was high probability a second gunman, as well as Oswald, fired at the president. The committee did not believe that the Soviet government, Cuban government, FBI, CIA, or Secret Service were involved in the assassination. The committee also concluded that there was no evidence to conclude anti-Castro Cuban groups or a national syndicate of organized crime were involved, but said that it did not preclude the possibility that individual members of either may have been involved. Alternate theories about the events of November 22, 1963 persist. The 1979 House inquiry fueled theories of a second gunman and a wider conspiracy. Before his death in 2007, one of the Watergate burglars, former CIA agent E. Howard Hunt, alleged Lyndon Johnson was involved in a conspiracy to kill Kennedy. Historian James Reston Jr. says Oswald's intended target was Governor Conley, not President Kennedy. Perhaps most intriguingly, new analysis of the graphic home movie footage of the assassination shot by Abraham Zapruder has concluded that at one point his camera stopped, crucial frames were missing, and that the first three bullets fired by Oswald was deflected by a street sign. Special thanks to CNN Skyscape. Will the case of the JFK assassination truly ever be solved? Will it remain a mystery?